Hello, my name is Seth, and welcome to My Recovery, Steps, Stoicism, and Beyond. This podcast is an audio journal of my journey through recovery, but I hope that there's something in here that can help you along your journey as well. Today, I want to talk about Stoicism, and just exactly what Stoicism is, at least to me. Stoicism was, is, a school of philosophy that was founded around the year 300 BC, and it was founded by Zeno of Sidium. There are some indirect writings of Zeno um, out there. However, the most three common ancient Stoic authors that are out there that you can read are Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, and Seneca the Younger. And while I appreciate all three of these authors, I would have to say that the one that I personally connect with the most is Epictetus. Epictetus was a slave uh, for most of his life, but his master allowed him to study philosophy. And the more he studied, the more he uh, was attracted to and became a Stoic. He eventually earned his freedom and then taught and one of the things I like about the writings of Epictetus is that they're not, well, they're not actually the writings of Epictetus. What we have that still exists from him are notes that his students took during his class. And so it's a very educational format. It's very much an instruction book from a teacher to a student. And Seneca was actually an advisor to Nero, which Nero, not a Stoic, just throwing that out there. And Seneca's writings are good, but they're very much more conversational, except for they're conversational from someone who is so intelligent that most people would not understand what they were saying in a conversation. So they're a bit heady, a little bit harder to digest, at least the translations that I've read. Uh, but they're filled with good stuff, and especially if you're looking for those take-home quotes that you can write on a post-it or something like that, Seneca is still very a very good read. And the third one, the first one that I'd actually mentioned, Marcus Aurelius was, most people are at least familiar with the name, a Roman emperor, and what we have from him are is is a book called Meditations. It was his personal journal while he was fighting. And so, you know, we have Epictetus, who is very much a student teacher. We have Seneca, who was writing a friend. And then we have Marcus Aurelius, who was writing down notes to himself on how he could be a better person. If I were to recommend one stoic book to someone that was not familiar at all with stoic philosophy it would be meditations it's very easy to read easy to process easy to implement and practice in your daily life but as for stoicism itself i guess we'll start with the four cardinal virtues those are wisdom justice courage and moderation now, these virtues might sound familiar to you. They were originally uh, the first that we know of, that I know of. They were written down by Plato. And then the Stoics borrowed it from Plato. 
And then Christianity borrowed these same four cardinal virtues from Stoicism and Plato. So four cardinal virtues that are pretty universally accepted, wisdom, justice, courage, and moderation. And I'll go ahead and add that I'll be going through a lot of this stuff in further detail in further episodes, um, but this is just a, a super brief overview. Some of the common phrases that you'll see if you start looking into Stoicism, one is memento mori, and that translates to remember that you are mortal, remember that you're going to die. I view that as a reminder to live, which a memento vivere is remember to live. And I simply prefer memento vivere, but that's my mindset. Another common expression in Stoicism is the dichotomy of control. Now this is a very simple way of identifying what is within your control and what is outside of your control. Now that is a big, a big part of recovery. You know, in AA, a lot of other recovery circles, the serenity prayer is very common. And I have no problem with the serenity prayer in and of itself. Um, the only issue that I do have for me is that the serenity prayer does not provide any tangible direction. You know, the serenity to accept things you cannot change, the courage to change the things you can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, how do I tell the difference? Do I just sit and say the serenity prayer over and over again? You know, hoping that the wisdom is given to me. But then in Stoicism, you have the dichotomy of control, which can actually help you distinguish what is within your control to change. And the way that they separate that dichotomy of control is that you can only control your own thoughts and your own actions. And that's it. Everything else is outside of, you, outside of your control. Even your own body is outside of your control. You cannot control when you might catch some disease. You cannot control when somebody else might hit you with their car. These are all things that are outside of your control. And so, you know, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Okay, those are all things outside of my control. So I just need to let those things go. Only worry about what I can do myself, which are the only things I can control are my thoughts and my actions. Another one is premeditatio malorum. And I've seen a lot of people get caught up on this, um, especially if they already suffer from anxiety, which is common with addiction. So premeditatio malorum means to look forward to future ills. So to anticipate what could go wrong in the future. Now this isn't meant to be a 24-7 exercise. Premeditatio malorum is simply meant to, whenever you're going into a situation, you want to look at the bad things that could happen in that situation so that you can plan your thoughts and your actions if those things were to happen.
that's it and then you stop worrying about it once you got that figured out you're good but i see a lot of people who you know on the the facebook groups and stuff which i'll get to in a little bit you know i i tried doing this premeditatio malorum and you know it just freaked me out well for one it's supposed to freak you out a little bit because it's bad stuff that could go wrong but it's supposed to help you because you're envisioning these things and how to counter them before you're in the actual situation where they go wrong. Another one is preferred indifference and dispreferred indifference. Now, you know, as we've already covered with the dichotomy of control, most everything is outside of your control. So those are things that you should not have to worry about but that you should also not lust after. Um, you know, having a car, having a house, having a job, all of these things to Stoics would be preferred indifference because you would prefer to have them than not, but at the same time, it is an indifference, so we can't get too attached to these things. Uh, you know, on a personal level, I finally, just last week, decided that I was going to sell our old Jeep. Um, very shortly after my wife and I got married, we bought a Jeep. And we've had it for over 12 years now. And it's been ridden on so many trails out in Colorado. It's been beat up on the dirt roads. It's been... It's in pretty rough shape, and I just kept telling myself, I'll fix it up. I'm going to fix it up. Got it all planned out in my head how I'm going to do it. I finally had to accept that it was just an overly emotional attachment that I had developed to this Jeep because it has that much sentimental value to me. It was the first vehicle that my wife and I bought after we got married. I had to come to accept that it's okay to sell this Jeep. It is just a vehicle. It's a means of transportation, one that cannot even transport you at this point in time. So it's it's fine to let it go, and I need to let it go. That's the best decision for us right now. So it's identifying first what things are indifferent, and then acknowledging that just because it's something that you really like, it is still just an indifferent and you have to be willing to let it go so another expression is apatheia now apatheia is the word from which we get the modern english apathy but in modern english apathy means to just not care you have no care one way or the other it's usually used with a negative connotation but the apatheia means a peace of mind or an absence of passion. So it's not a negative thing at all. It's a very positive thing because the more that you can avoid passion, the more you can avoid potential ruin in the future. The more passionate you are about something, the more it's going to upset you if you lose it. So by trying to it's not saying that you can't have 
preferred indifference. It's not having saying that you shouldn't have a job or a car or a house. It's just simply stating that you you like it, but if you were to lose it, it's okay. And that one is especially hard because we do live in a very passionate world. Um, you know, it's 2020 here in the United States. We're gearing up for another election, which always gets people overly passionate about their party and their candidate. And a lot of families will be divided. It's, it's ridiculous that we, if you can take a step back and then try to look at things rationally, then you can eliminate this passion. Another way that Stoicism has helped me immensely is to take accountability for my actions through mindfulness. And this is something that all the Stoic philosophers talked about, all the modern authors talk about, is to be mindful of your actions and to take accountability for those actions. And this is another direct parallel to AA, with the 10th step of reviewing what you've done, what you can do better, and who you need to now go back and make amends to. And there's a lot more that I could go into, but I'm just going to end with, um, you know, I mentioned earlier about the Facebook groups. There's a lot of Facebook groups dealing with Stoicism. Uh, most of them are very good. There's a lot of... Like, like any Facebook group, there's a lot of trolls out there. There are also a lot of people that treat Stoicism as a religion. And I obviously am not one of those people, but there are those people out there that if you were to ask an honest question in one of the Stoicism groups, there will be people that will belittle you for not knowing as much as them. There will be people that will give you a hard line answer. There will be people that simply try to get a rise out of you. Um, so just remember that and take that into account if you use that as a way to try to study Stoicism. I should also mention that there are a couple of... Uh, there are several modern Stoic authors out there. Um, Massimo, and I'm going to butcher his last name because I've never heard it said out loud, Pigliucci, um, Ryan Holiday, and Donald Robertson are all three very good modern Stoic authors. I really like Donald Robertson. He is a cognitive behavioral therapist, um, which CBT stemmed essentially from Stoic philosophy. So um, he's a very good author um, to look into. Maybe someday, fingers crossed, you know, preferred and different. Um, this podcast will get big enough that I can interview some of those guys. But if that doesn't happen, I guess I have to accept it. There are also a lot of good Stoic podcasts out there. Uh, my favorite one is The Sunday Stoic. Uh, he has a very nice, easy to listen to style and has a lot of really good content and some good interviews on there as well. So until next time, just remember that there is someone out there that can relate to you 
There's someone out there that needs your strength and never give up.